0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. Halloween's coming up in a few weeks, but if you ever want to hear about some true horror stories, you ought to talk to this lady next to me, Pam, a home inspector. She's not there to judge you, but... but but, boy, can she see some of the things going on with your house. You can join the conversation with us. Or send an email to fixit101 at org. So, uh, Pam, we're going to go talk to a walker in just a second here. What what did you get into this week? i got to hear about whatever uh, house you crawled onto.
2: Well, <clears throat> it's been an interesting week. We've started doing, you talk about horror stories. <laughs> We've started doing um, inspections. Pursuant to insurance work, uh huh. So if you know if you've had damages, a tree, okay, a tree falls, falls on your a tree roof. falls yeah. on the roof or whatever, um, we're being called in to kind of check that work, or if the client has complaints. And uh-huh. sure enough, I I went out and checked this house, and it man, they yeah. Trust your instincts. Uh-huh. If if you feel like a contractor's working on your house and you have a feeling something's not right, uh-huh. then trust your instincts. But then what you want to do is you want to call in somebody who can actually verify.
3: Right, right.
2: <laughs> and uh, the folks I was working with, this was actually late last week, they waited a little long um, to get get us out there, mm-hmm. so we're kind of at the end of the process, but... The tree had fallen on this house, and they were supposed to rebuild, you know, the attic, the Mm -hmm. framing, Mm -hmm. and uh, put a new roof on, and it it was a mess.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) that's why you're out there inspecting, right?
2: And one of the things I'll share this, folks, if you can imagine, um, you're framing up, and you you can go and watch. If you've ever watched a Mm -hmm. house being framed up, it Mm -hmm. is really amazing at the teamwork that goes on and how they cut things and put it all back right. together. is a puzzle. Right. So you got to put the puzzle together. Well, in this particular puzzle, some of the pieces didn't fit, so they just made them fit.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what those big power tools are for, right?
2: I'm telling you, they had jammed some rafters in place and completely shredded the ends of them. Yikes. Yeah, it was yikes. Okay. I got up there and I was like, holy moly, I, I'm not sure I need to be up
0: here. Right. <laughs> Okay, let's go ahead and talk to uh, Walker in Carroll County. What's going on, Walker? You know, I want to say, before you mention your question, I went in. I didn't see anything about what you called back. So I went in and talked to the intern. Hey, man, what was this question? He said, I don't know, but it split. (laughs) Something
1: split. What's going
3: on, Walker? (laughs) Good
1: morning. morning. Uh, Yeah, I live in the woods in rural uh, Carroll County, and we put in this uh, summer uh, a split HVAC system.
2: Oh, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah. it's okay if that
0: splits. All right, go for it.
1: Okay, the cabin's pretty old, and uh, it has uh, in the past been heated uh, by a wood-burning stove and uh, some uh, electric baseboard heating systems. Mm -hmm. Now, this morning it was cold enough where I kicked on the heating part of the uh, split system, and it worked all right, and I understand that it takes the heat out of the air and puts it in the house to the extent that it can get heat out of the air and it get colder, that gets harder to do. And I I seem to remember that when it got, you know, real cold, that it would actually have an electric element that would kick on that it would get the heat from as much as from the air. And I'm wondering, when we get down to that point, when it gets that cold, which is rare, I understand, uh, would I not do better uh, putting on my electric baseboard heating and having the electric heating uh, in the old system rather than the new system?
3: You can,
0: and it ever, sounds like you've got a heat pump. Yeah. Have you ever lived in a home that uh, had radiant heat?
2: Um. Well,
0: <laughs> he is now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying it, I, I have, and I can tell you it, it can be quite comfortable. Uh, I will say the only thing that I felt like I needed with radiant heat, meaning because I had baseboard heaters also. And the only thing I felt like I needed constantly was a fan on in the room to move that air. To
2: kind of move it. But I do understand where you're coming from, Walker. I have a very similar situation at my place down in the country where we've got a heat pump. And it's got, because when it gets to a certain temperature, you are correct. It won't pull the heat. There's just not any heat in the air to get out. So remind me, Carrollton County, you're south? Carroll County. Carroll County, is that south?
1: Uh, No, ma'am. I'm sort of halfway between uh, uh, Greenwood and Winona. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good thing you've got that radiant heat then because you're probably going to need to use it. What they had done in this place, and this was done before we purchased it, is they had put in a brand-new ream heat pump Mm -hmm. with the strips. Then they also came in, they had a propane tank, and they put in a single-standing propane heater. And which I like. Mm-hmm. And so and last winter, whenever we got really, really cold and I only go down there on the weekends, I literally turned that Propane heater on, mm-hmm. and then just turn the fan on on my central unit, right and it circulated the air throughout the living portion of the of the little cabin we're in.
0: Yeah, I think you can easily live on those uh, baseboard heaters.
2: You could do mm-hmm. the baseboard heater and mm-hmm. use the fan on your central air. system, right. and it'll 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 help even everything out. But yes,
1: well, I guess my question is as much a utilities question as it is a. What heats the cabin best? Because it's a small cabin, and, and both of them work pretty well. I mean, the fan situation and now moving the air around. But uh, in terms of efficiency, um, uh, am I? It, I mean, would I just do well using the baseboard heat if it works rather than pulling air from the outside? Which which would be less on my utility bill? I guess is a question. That may be beyond your expertise, but that's sort of what I'm trying to decide: is which is the most. Uh, 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 efficient and, and efficient way to uh, heat, heat the
2: cabin. And you said you just had this unit put in. You just yeah. had the central unit put in. I'll tell you what I would do uh, because the only way really you're going to know is to run some experiments. So I'd go one month with just the heat pump. And then I'd go the next month with the baseboards. The baseboards. Mm-hmm. And then what you have to do is you have to get that energy bill. Don't look at the cost. Look at the kilowatts. How, mu- how much power are you pulling Good point. between the two of those? Because energy will cost different things, and then the temperature may be different outside. And right. just do a comparison and see.
0: And as we know, those units do, uh, do use a ton of energy, but so does any time you heat an element. That takes a ton of energy. Yeah, it's I'm like gonna, your oven takes I, a lot of energy. If
2: I had to guess, and there may be some HVAC people out here who could – my guess is that your heat pump's going to be more efficient with the elements. But that's a guess. So See, I'm
0: going to say it's not as comfortable as the uh, baseball It may not heaters. be as
2: comfortable, yeah. but it might be more efficient. But, Walker, why don't you do this? Why don't you run some experiments and then call us back in a couple of months and let us know what you find so out. So it's a whole
0: bunch of listeners now that are figuring, trying to figure this I out. I
2: know. And it's just a lot of um, – but it is. It's one of those things. And I tell folks all the time, when you're living in a house, don't look for a cracked egg solution. In other right. words, you're not going to crack the egg, fry the egg, and eat the egg. you got to spend some time to grow that
0: egg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
2: That
1: sounds like a good textbook uh, uh, way to go at it. And if we had you know, consistent weather from month to
2: month...
0: We'd be know. able to check it, yeah.
2: Well, you can still check the kilowatt hour, so you can look at how much energy you're pulling.
0: Right, depending on the weather.
1: Indeed. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could have one month where the average temperature is in the 50s and another when it's in the 40s, and you can't really
2: compare.
0: Uh, the right, heat. right. Well,
2: especially uh, in Mississippi.
0: <laughs> well, and, and maybe if it's eighty-five just a, in December. If it's a coin flip and you're not worried about efficiency, I can tell you the the baseboards feel They're good.
2: They're going to feel better, just right. like I use the propane gas, yeah. in the winter because I just like the feel of that heat better. Right.
1: Well, I like the baseboard heater, so I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll keep myself comfortable. Thank you very much, y'all. Take care. Be well.
0: Thank you, Walker. We appreciate it. Let's keep on moving. Um, Janice is on the line in Hattiesburg. She's got a question with heating and air also. How's it going, Janice?
4: I'm great. I just, um, I don't really have a question. Um, I I put myself through college working for a heating and air business.
0: Oh, look at you. Awesome.
4: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I actually got to go to um, a few special schools and Heat pumps are not effective under 45 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the thermostat, um, once the thermostat drops, I think it's, this was like 40 years ago, but if the temperature drops more than two degrees below what you've got it set at, it switches over to emergency. The, yep.
0: Yeah, there's a little, and heat pumps, you'll see it because it's usually, there's a little indicator light on your thermostat that shows you, hey, the emergency heat just kicked in. Yeah. Which means that element just turned on.
4: Right. I just usually plan, you know, I watch the weather and if it's going to be below 45 degrees and I switch, uh, I plan on using my cheaper heating
0: system.
4: So that's all. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Janice.
0: That's good to know. Good info. And you know, it's funny because when you're buying a heating and cooling system here in the South, you're obviously... Spending well, I know I am. When I go to buy a heating and cooling system, I want eighty percent of my money to go to the air conditioner. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I oh, mean, true that. Because I know that's where it's <laughs> gonna the big problem's gonna be.
2: Well, and I was reading the other day, you know, because we love our gas heat here, but um California just passed this law that after a certain date, you can't put gas heat in anymore.
0: Well, you know, their ground moves a lot, and you've got rods and 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 and. Pipes running through ground that's moving up and down.
2: I think theirs was a climate change legislation, though, because we do create a lot. I mean, there's a lot of byproduct off of the gas heat. And so I I think eventually, you know, and, you know, case in point is our solar show that we've – our podcast that we've got coming to talk about alternate ways to – help help ourselves be comfortable. Let me talk about heat and air for just a second. You want to talk about a horror story? Yeah. Um, I went into a house the other day, and folks will keep in mind that when you replace a system, mm-hmm. okay, let's say you're going to replace your heat and air conditioning, mm-hmm. all right? So you're paying a lot of money, but all you're paying for is the equipment. What about the install? <laughs>
0: Oh,
3: yeah.
2: And so I opened up – this was a um, – this was an, the coolest house I've been in a long time. Just absolutely awesome house. But when I opened up the closet where the mechanicals were because mm-hmm. they didn't have enough attic, you know, put right. them up there. They had run the flue, which is the, the, the tube – let me just make it real clear. Mm-hmm. The tube that helps get the moisture out of the air because right. when you burn gas, you get water. Right. And the carbon monoxide. Right. So this is the
0: exhaust of it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Thank you. So the exhaust was basically wide open.
0: In the, in, into the home?
2: <laughs> so what they had done is they put in this awesome new system, mm-hmm. but the flue had been shoved up into the old flue. Uh-huh.
0: Just assuming that that was going to get and there. And there
2: was probably a three-inch gap all the way around ah. it. So when they turn that unit on, it's not going to draft
0: right. Hey, Inspector, if they had a carbon monoxide indicator close to that, would it indicate?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: wow, really?
2: And then let's, let's, and I've been doing some reading on this, and older homes, my house is just like this. Mm-hmm. So the closet door did not seal well mm-hmm. right above the return.
0: Oh. <laughs> So it's just pulling from. Yes. Okay.
2: The return was basically pulling air from the attic, including any carbon monoxide, into the system. And let's just throw it through the entire house. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And the thing about carbon monoxide, you know, and I'll be, you know, I I got this nasty email one time from somebody. Well, how many people do you know that died of carbon monoxide in the South?
0: How many you need?
2: Yeah, <laughs> really. One? Well, and then. The thing about carbon monoxide is that a lot of times, most of the time, it's not going to kill you. It just makes you feel like you want to be dead. (laughs) Carbon monoxide poisoning mimics the flu.
0: Ooh, I didn't know that.
2: Yes. Hmm. Headaches, nausea. You won't have a temperature, obviously. Right. But I was inspecting a house back when I was new, Uh 20 years ago. And I went into the house. It was the middle of winter. I turned on the thermostat. And all of a sudden I just like, Oh my God, I feel so sick and I went outside and puked all over the front yard. Really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, What is wrong with me? Do I have the flu? And I went back in and I opened up the cabinet uh-huh for the hvac and the flu was not sealed and it was just pouring carbon monoxide into that house
0: all right folks uh (laughs) here is the time where we suggest to get a carbon monoxide uh indicator in your home a lot of times now they come with the the uh the fire the smoke detector
2: which is a horrible idea yes it is yeah you should (laughs) i mean you can't buy the ones you plug in to, right to plug it into the an outlet that's near your Oh, there's system. The one you can
0: plug into an outlet
2: that's what I've got at my house
0: okay so it's a uh, tell me about this product it's a carbon monoxide indicator
2: yeah yeah and it just plugs into an outlet uh-huh. because carbon monoxide It will go, it will get high, Uh but if the air is circulating really well. In older houses, that may not be the case. In carbon monoxide, the vapor is heavier than the air, so it goes low. Okay. So think about that. You're going to be dead before it goes off if it's on the ceiling.
5: Now that's funny because I always thought they went up like Jason with the fire. Uh, oh, they're they 'em
2: now. You can buy them all day long.
5: But they, uh, but the plug-in is pretty cool. You just yeah, told me something, I, I didn't know that. I
0: didn't know there was such a thing as a plug-in. All right, let me let me ask. Uh, is this something you can pick up at the the local hardware or box store?
2: Absolutely. Stores? I bought a set of them at the local hardware a store. A set?
0: You can get more than one.
2: Oh yeah, you can buy. You know, and I put them in every bedroom, and then huh. in the area closest to where my unit is now all
0: right how much do they cost Pam? I,
2: it's been a minute since i got mine I, I don't know
0: okay we'll get java on that
2: yeah tell java to look it up but right. these are now that we're moving into our heating system our heating season but keep in mind that and and there have been some studies there's this book out there called um my house is making me
0: sick uh-huh yeah and i've it, heard of that book
2: yeah and it's talking about this very thing in the winter months there's a lot that's You know, the flu is usually year round, but we get a lot more incidence of it during the wintertime. Well, my theory is is that it's really not the flu, it's carbon monoxide poisoning. So you'll see all the heaters
0: going on? Yeah,
2: you feel like crap when you're at home. But if you leave and go to work you feel fine.
0: (laughs) Interesting.
2: So think about that.
0: (laughs) All right. We're going to look a little bit more into this stuff as we keep going through the day. Man, that's been a good day already. Join the conversation this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay. During the break, Java, did you look them up also? Did you look up the uh, carbon monoxide things?
5: Oh, no. I was, I was too busy pulling up the Diana Ross. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> See, <laughs> which was
2: awesome, by the way.
5: <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, my house. I, it's I, my house.
0: Right.
2: And I live here.
0: Well, I am, I am, um, I'm looking at some of them online right now that do exactly what, what uh, Pam mentioned, which is you plug the carbon monoxide uh, uh, indicator into an outlet on your wall. And what Pam mentioned during the break was, you know, carbon monoxide doesn't go up. It goes down. So a a fire, a smoke detector on your ceiling is not going to do you so much good on carbon it's monoxide. It's not going to give you In as much words, protection. other you'll already be pretty full up with carbon monoxide by the time it indicates it. So you're better off getting these ones at the outlet level, correct? right,
2: and their battery um, my, mine have a battery backup, so if my power goes out, they're still working.
0: right um so so yeah, and that's what we're seeing. it looks it looks great. I've looked at a couple of these in the uh, uh, online, and yeah, they're not expensive. Mm-hmm. I just saw a pack of two for 30 bucks. There you go. There you go.
2: Yeah. How much is your life worth?:
0: Right. All right, on the phone right now is uh Nick. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. And he wants to talk about, um. well, huh. he's in, Kibbe. He wants to talk about carbon monoxide. You with us, Nick?
5: Yes, I'm with you.
0: So what's going
3: on?
5: Uh, Pam, I have a question for you. Uh, I have a five-radius heater Uh, that, it, on propane, I've had it for several years, and I've never had any problem, I don't think, with carbon monoxide. My question is, do, do these radiant heaters, uh, they're, they're freestanding, and they're not vented, of course. And, uh, do they put out carbon monoxide, or do they burn the gas efficient enough that carbon monoxide doesn't uh, uh, come from that?
2: I think it depends on the age. I know what you're talking about. Man, we used to have these at my great-grandmother's house, you know, these mm-hmm. freestanding things with the little grates on the front. Right, yeah. Yeah, and you would you would fire those things up in the wintertime and your walls would sweat. Yeah,
0: and, that, yeah, and it's one of those where it ticks up as it gets warmer.
2: Yeah, it's going to depend on the age. You're going to want to, and if you are, when you burn those, when you're turning that on, if you're seeing any type of condensation, then you've probably got carbon monoxide as well because it's not burning the water up my we always put in our home inspections that those really need to be checked because of that very thing they can put out you know carbon so, so to
0: answer your question the thing you have can make carbon monoxide
2: yes it, it it would it could do that depending and what'll happen with these things is that the smallest little tweak let's say you get dust in one of the at the little orifice or something and now it's become inefficient so I would, at a minimum, buy the carbon monoxide alarms and have those plugged in whenever you're using it. Mm-hmm. And then also have a professional take a look at that thing, and they can use, and we have them. Uh, it's a carbon monoxide detector, and it right. tick, 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 tick. And then if there's carbon monoxide, it starts squealing at you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it talks to you. And you want to, because a water heater can do that. A central air furnace can do it. Those freestanding. Well, yeah, that's units why they put water heaters
0: it. in places that are not out in the world. They put right. them in attics and little rooms off to the side.
2: And then a stove. You people in these older houses who may not have central heat and air will turn their stove on, like gas, gas stoves? a gas yeah. stove on to heat, and that is so dangerous. Gosh, it's just so dangerous. Really. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Nick, does that help at all? I hope so.
5: Well, I think what I probably need to do is get a carbon monoxide detector because I don't have one in this location.
0: Yes,
2: sir.
5: I've had this heater for about 15 years.
2: Oh, yeah. It's a five, yeah.
5: It's a five, it's a five radiant. It, uh, it burns very efficient. It puts out, it just heats those. Those flat panels just glow, right? And uh, you don't see any white on the uh, coming out. Uh, you don't see any flame, but right. I've always understood if there was a white tip on the flame, that is very dangerous.
2: Yeah, it dep- and I can't. Re- Nick, you bring up a great point. I can't remember. It's the color of the flame that will indicate if you're not burning efficiently. And I bet I have the very same thing you're talking about down in my place. Um, My country place, it's just a freestanding, it's a propane, and it puts out the heat. I mean, it's awesome. But you could buy one of these carbon monoxide um, alarms and stick that, just plug it into the wall. And let me say this, if you buy those and they start going off, don't just unplug them.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: There's a reason
0: they're going off, (laughs) and and I will. I mean, for now, now that I look at it, they're talking. You know, we're talking. You can do this for twenty bucks. You know, so it might be a great investment.
5: The way I look at it, if you unplug them when they go off, you're unplugging yourself too.
0: That's true. You
2: are. You really are, and I had, you know, story here several years ago. A friend of mine called me because they had had their floors refinished mm-hmm. in their house, and they had come in and put this urethane on there, and it's st- all the alarms started going off. The carbon monoxide alarm st- started going off. Oh, really? Off. Yeah. And her dad was there, retired, living with her, and he got incredibly ill. He had, yeah. to, I mean, like goes outside and is laying on the front yard, and they had to call an ambulance. And it's because the byproduct of what they were putting in right. was eating all the air up.
3: Wow! <laughs>
2: and that's what carbon monoxide does. And then I tell this story several years ago. I was staying with a buddy of mine who actually owned the school that te- that was teaching home inspectors. Okay. So uh-huh. this guy has a knowledge base. Well, he was having his basement refinished, and they were putting this polyurethane mm-hmm. all over these w- this wood siding and stuff right. downstairs. Well, I got up in the morning to go to a meeting, and I have any hot water, and I was like, "What is up? How come I?" He goes, "Oh, there's hot water. It's fine." And they had the seventy-five gallon water heater that mm-hmm. was downstairs where they were putting all this polyurethane on. And it killed the flame. They oh, had no. one of those vapor retardant mm-hmm. little things on it. And it. he didn't realize it until he went to go take a shower. Right. You know, don't don't you hate it whenever you tell somebody something's going on. They go, ah, no, it's not. you right. are like, yes, it is.
0: Well, you know, that's their own consequence is taking a cold shower. So
2: Sorry. there are other things that can put off and cause that. What you want to think about is that. And we don't think about. You don't think about the air you're breathing on any given day.
0: Yeah, not in your own house. No,
2: typically. you well, don't. So you a carbon monoxide alarm, it's a cheap way to ensure that you're living in a safe house.
0: There you go. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. Jeff Simmons from HouseWorks is out this week. You can join the conversation this morning. Send an email to Fix It 101. I want to catch some of those emails uh, now. Pam, I've got a uh, got an email that says you gave me your advice recently to get a structural engineer. In the past, I didn't have any luck with that. Where do you find one? Thanks, Priscilla. <laughs> so where do, where do you find a structural engineer? Like if I go on, uh, who do I look for, Pam? Where do I where where do they where's the structural engineer store?
2: Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, you can ask the inspector; could give you a couple of names. There are some realtors who have um huh. a couple of names you could probably google search some names
0: if if um would i be uh, incorrect in assuming that maybe a foundation company may have a structural
2: engineer? Or they do, they do but out? that's kind of like the fox watching the hen house um, right, right. <laughs> you, you, re- you you want somebody independent uh to come and look at it now i uh, let me go back to that question In some instances, I think it's a good idea to go ahead and have a foundation company come and take a look at it. Mm -hmm. But you want to have several, and then you want to think about it. Foundation issues is not something you're going to get solved
3: immediately.
2: It's another one of those things where you need to kind of watch it. What's happened recently in Mississippi, if you think about it, the month of August, we were swimming. I mean, it was something. We were all doing backstrokes in our backyard. That's true. Now we've gone lots of time without any rain, and the ground here is that Yazoo clay. So when it's when we get a lot of rain, it puffs up, mm-hmm. okay. And then whenever it starts to dry out, it's like somebody goes over there and puts a little prick in that puff, and it goes yeah, right. All right. So your the houses are rocking and rolling. That's not necessarily a bad thing, nah. and you can do a lot of damage by coming in and you know doing a lot of work on it. That's where you need a third party structural engineer. Another thing you can do, and we've talked about this before, is get on next door. If you're in a neighborhood where mm-hmm. there's a lot of movement, yeah. ask some of your neighbors about their experience with some engineers. Mm-hmm. You can also um you could I'll ask I tell
0: you where I tell you where I found ours, my wife and I, we had a we had an engineer to come and check out our floodplain because the the the, 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 the the insurance, federal or insurance, said, "Hey, all of a sudden, you guys are in flood in zone. In a flood zone. You had not been your entire lives, but now you're in now a flood you zone. you are. Right. Yeah. So, so we're like, okay, okay, but and they put us on this thing where it was like all the money, like like you're in the flood zone. You know, no. So we called a an engineer to come out." and it's
2: probably a hydro engineer yeah
0: and he came out and he did four houses around me we all kind of chipped in and paid for this guys to give our us our actual elevation so Mm -hmm. we could use that against the fema stuff with the so anyway you can hire those people and where i found mine was my home insurance agent. i was
2: just getting ready to say that your insurance yeah i called
0: my my homeowner's policy insurance agent Mm -hmm. and i said i really need a structural engineer or I, I, i need someone to tell me How, you know, our house can't be exactly the same as a house down the street as far as elevation. It's going to be different.
2: It's fascinating. Hmm. I had that study done as well on the block that I live on. And the aerial that they gave me with the elevations Mm -hmm. showing where everything and I'm kind of SOL in my lot. (laughs) I'm at the bottom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to the phone. Uh, Eric's on the line in Hattiesburg with some carbon monoxide info. What's going on, Eric?
1: Uh, Good morning, y'all. I I just had a question about if there is carbon monoxide in a room, is it concentrated more near the ceiling or near the floor? Floor. Is it heavier than air or lighter than air?
2: It's the floor. The floor. Yeah. And what will happen is that, and, and this is why they started coming out with these alarms that have the carbon monoxide and smoke detectors up at the ceiling is that theoretically, when your unit is on, you will take that carbon monoxide and distribute it towards the ceiling. Right. It, in a perfect world. <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> and if your fan's running at that moment.
2: Yeah, and if your fan's running at that moment. And so that's why I've always been an advocate of having it. I, I like the idea, usually your plugs. and you. Just a side note, you know why your plugs are at the height they're at?
0: Uh, no, go no. ahead and tell it. I know exactly <laughs> what the height is. It's going to blow you away when you hear how they get the height on these things. But go ahead, Pam.
2: It's the length of a hammer.
0: <laughs> from the floor to where the hammer ends is where your outlet is. where is. the
2: outlet goes.
0: <laughs> Java's in there shaking his head. You've got to be kidding.
2: Yeah, so all that's right. low enough to where it would, um, you know, because it, it hovers. That's a great question, Eric. Yeah, it yeah. hovers. It's at the bottom. It's at the bottom. Right. All
1: right. Well, cool. Thank you all. Have a good
2: day.
0: You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Hey, uh, let's see. Let's keep going. Donna's on the line in Tennessee and, and has a comment about those structural architectural engineers. What's going on, Donna?
4: Uh, Well, my husband's an electrical engineer, and so for 40-something years now, I know that the engineering firms he's worked for has had structural, civil, mechanical, plumbing, electrical engineers on board. And so if you just call your local, pick one out of the phone book, engineering firm, all of them usually have something like that because they need them.
0: Really? Thank you, Donna. That's that I never thought about calling an actual engineering firm cuz I thought they'd be like I don't know, build a bridge for me. I, it never occurred to me that they yeah, might have someone. Yeah, and there's
2: some that are independent that just deal basically with structural and right. in, in the 20 or so years that I've been doing home inspections, there's a list that we have of of engineers that oh, yeah. we know do specific to the structural but yeah these firms have them and I'm going to throw something out there that mm-hmm. I really have no idea what I'm saying which is happens to me a lot <laughs> uh hmm, is there's probably an association or some type of a um,
0: engineers like yeah
2: yeah and you could probably look at that and and kind of see
0: but donna thank you that's a that's an excellent suggestion
2: great great suggestion well it was
0: it was a good question you know we we've said that a hundred times hey if you've got a problem with this or that you need a structural engineer to look at it to make sure it is or isn't broken or whatever um but where to find them yeah that's a great idea thank you just an engineering firm will have several different types of engineers what What you say? And they'll
2: come in with. There are some home inspectors that do this. Not as I really, in my opinion, they shouldn't. But there are these uh, leveling uh, apparatus that you can come in and you you find the low point in the house Mm -hmm. using. And it's a it's got. Anyway, little level bubbles in right. it, and you—it's like an octopus. And they put that at the low spot, and then they mm-hmm. pull a leg of the octopus over oh, to that I got room, you. and then one over to this room, and they run it all through the house, and then they can tell you the elevations. Oh. of you know if this this part's high and this part's low. Really? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing to look at. But but my my concern always with that is that okay, so my house is uneven. Uh huh. Do I really need to do something about that? No. And it really all goes back to water. If you Mm -hmm. have water coming at your house, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have a problem with your structure.
0: Gotcha. Okay, we need to move on to this other email that we talked about. And this one, I love this one because it's right down to the basics. Hi, I'd like to temporarily reattach this towel rack. And um, she sent a picture of the towel rack, and it's just your standard run-of-the-mill towel rack that looked as if it had been ripped out of the wall
2: mm-hmm. um, somebody used it as a hold bar
0: yeah well, yeah, and the, and the screws had come out <laughs> they and everything. Slipped
2: when they came out of the shower whoops
0: exactly. <laughs> Just grabbed it and it says hope to remodel the bathroom and change out the rack in the future so hoping a repair that won't lead to issues later this towel rack is solid heavy thanks kate um and, you got
2: a solution i know you do
0: well i looked at it and and you can uh put this thing back in with some toggle bolts. bolts uh toggle bolts would work perfectly and this is the thing that kind of holds a thing affixes a thing anything to a uh sheetrock wall like a regular regular wall that doesn't have a stud behind it it grabs the sheetrock and holds on to it well that's good until you use it for a hold on bar Mm-hmm. And then it'll pull right out of the shawl. Yeah. Rod.
2: Or you put, you know, I have those, uh, I love fluffy towels. It's just one of my favorite things. <laughs> I love a fluffy towel. Right. And I like the big towel sheets. Yeah. I want to wrap myself up in my towel. Man. So I have these enormous um, towel ra- rods right. or whatever. So just attaching that to the sheetrock is not going to work.
0: No, no, it'll fall down, and the weight of the towel a lot of times will bring That's it down exa- after, yes. after you've gotten the water on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things you do, I know what you're thinking. No, don't go out and buy uh, double sided tape. It ain't going to hold a towel. It Ain't going to work. Yeah, it won't hold a towel. So you're going to have to use <laughs> you're going to have to use uh, what what you can use is a toggle bolt. Which is uh, which is a type of screw. If you go into a hardware store, your local hardware store, store, and say, "Hey, I'm trying to put this uh, this uh, tower rack on the wall," what you're looking for is a bigger toggle bolt.
2: You can, I, and I thought you were going to say because I've heard you say this before.
0: Yeah.
2: If they put were... up a piece of wood, yes. If you're if it's temporary and you're going to come back in and do something, find you a cool piece of wood that will run across the studs.
0: Screw it to the wall and then put your towel rack screw, anywhere on that.
2: Yeah, screw your. Uh, and I did this with my light fixtures because I had in the particular bathroom there was a big hole, mm-hmm. so I just ran a really cool piece of architectural wood across there and then attached my light fixture to that oh, on the cool. wall. So the towel, and I had to do the same thing on my towel rods because mm-hmm. they're long. They're right. super long. So I I got a piece of wood and ran it between the studs. And mm. what I mean is it's running, what's that word, perpendicular? Yes. Okay. Running perpendicular. Mm-hmm. You screw that piece of wood into the studs. Right. And now you you can just put your towel rack
0: right. on that. And, and we've got a whole other show about how to find the studs. But, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that's that's a <laughs> that's a whole adventure in and of itself.
0: Right. But uh just know they're sixteen inches apart from the center. And
2: Sometimes you hope. You hope. That, Some, that, depends on who was framing it that day. Right.
0: How much they had to drink. Um all right, let's go online. Uh Kathleen's on the line on a cycle. What's up, Kathleen?
3: What a beautiful morning. And yeah, I'm it afraid is. to say it because it would change tomorrow, right? Yes. <laughs> Listen. I'm used to fans, open windows. Right. Okay. Health came into the issue, and I got two little window units for cold mm-hmm. air only. Now, I don't like them for one reason I can't hear the rain coming up, I can't smell anything, you hear better outside. So, when winter comes, I did ask this question of someone. Can we take them out for a while? They looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I'm not crazy, just a little eccentric. But I want to hear the wind. I want to hear the rain and smell the outside. Is that too much to ask to take them out and put them in? Or how much trouble is it?
0: For a a window unit?
3: It just looks like it's a plug.
0: It's a a window unit? Just a standard window unit, a little square unit?
3: Is it in a window
0: or is it in the wall? In the window. Oh, oh. oh, it's in the window. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can tell you, I had one for years that I took out during during the uh, winter mm-hmm. just because I didn't need it, mm-hmm. and I felt like it may not help me with uh, humidity. In other words, it was an open window either way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I got rid of it and put it down in the in the in the spring. I put it back in. I did this to an older house. But it worked for me, and yes, you can do it. And like you said, it's just a plug-in appliance. Right. You know.
2: And be careful with these window units as well. Something that I've seen, let's go back to home inspections, is that you are trying to get water out of the air with Uh these units. So you've got to be careful where's that water going. And I have seen in window units where, you know, years and years, it's been pouring into the wall cavity beneath the window.
0: Well, it's neat. If you look at a window unit, you'll actually see that it's built to lean back just a smidge Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that water will run off the back of the unit out of the house.
2: Needs to be somewhat cattywampus.
0: Right. And the lines are filling up. John's on the line in Mobile and he's got an attic insulation uh, issue. What's going on, John?
6: Uh, Thank you, Jason. Uh, And hello to Pam. Uh, Interesting program. I had a question about, uh, well, since cold weather is coming up, I wanted to know if you could advise me how I might do it yourself for new attic insulation in a house that's uh, not quite as old as I am. I'm 68. And uh, it's a small house, 912 square feet is the slab. And um, the attic has blown-in insulation which was blown in, I think, 25 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's all matted down, it's dirty, it's not, I don't think it's doing its job. So what I imagine doing is getting up with a, a hard hat and knee pads and crawling around the attic uh, with one of those, I, I think you call them decorative rakes, not a lawn rake, but one of those smaller decorative things, dragging out the old stuff, and then what do I do? Do I uh, do I just uh, throw in loose insulation or, I don't know, bats? Is it something that you think one person could pull off? Because this is a, a, a drafty house which is uncomfortable unless you crank up the heat way high.
0: I'll tell you, and I've we- done that. Me personally, I've done that, but... Uh, how do you feel going up and down a ladder and on your knees on the
2: ceiling joists? On the ceiling, ceiling <laughs> joists? because
0: really there's the work. And, and, and honestly, what you're talking about is not a difficult thing to accomplish. I mean, you're taking one thing out and putting another in. I'll
2: tell you, John, let me tell you what I did. My house was built in '58, <clears throat> and something I was looking because insulation, in my opinion, is a big deal up north. Down here in the South, I think what's more important is sealing. And what I mean by that is that if you look at all of your light fixtures and your outlets and any plumbing penetrations, you've got holes. And if those holes are not sealed up, you're going to have drafts. You'll also have issues around your windows if they're older. So I think you could get a lot more accomplished with caulk and foam to seal everything up. And then what I, and that's exactly what I did. I, I had my, I got some caulk, I caulked on my windows. I got some sealant and I sealed up around all the penetrations in the ceilings and the walls. And even in my crawl space, but you said you had a slab. Then, after I had done all that work, I hired a company to come in to blow in cellulose insulation. And what this is, it's shredded newspaper that's wet whenever it's put in. And when you blow that stuff, it will literally pack down into all the crevices and almost harden and my energy bills and the draftiness of my house reduced significantly after I did that. Interesting.
6: Um, you wouldn't recommend, uh, what's it called, got. <coughs> it's
2: kind of, Rock it's wool the same stuff. It's the uh, the same, same thing. Stuff. Yeah, same oh. stuff, yeah. But I'm not sure you can DIY that application. I think a professional would need to do that. Yeah. But the other stuff you can, and this literally, my game plan came from, he was the talk of, of caulk. um, And Jeff isn't here to remind me who that was, but I went to one of his seminars. He's deceased now, but I went to one of his seminars and I asked almost the very same question, John, because of my house was so old. I was a new inspector and I just knew he was going to tell me to put in new windows. Doug Rye. Doug Rye. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. And he said, no, if it were me. And then I, I went a step further I realized, and I have, you know, I was a new inspector, so I had all these new tools, and I had this thermal camera, and I used my thermal camera to find where all the drafts were. They were coming. Oh, well, know to- it's cheating. Yeah, it's I'd cheating. i
0: love to do that. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> cheating. But your outlets on your exterior walls are holes, and you can buy a foam insulation mm-hmm. to go behind those things. You can buy plugs, the the children's plugs, baby plugs. That uh-huh. You can stick safety plugs, you put those in there, it'll stop the draft at that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm weird enough that I cut all the trim and my windows out and pulled it off, and there was a cavity <laughs> in there full of wow. newspaper because my house hmm. was built in '58. So I read the news from 1958. Right. Well, I took all that out and I foamed all those crevices up, and I'm telling you, it made a huge, huge difference Man. in my home.
6: I did find something that helps with the windows. I've got the crank-out windows, you know. Oh, the, yeah, the jalousies,
2: I think, is what they're called. Really yeah. drafty.
6: Oh, yeah. And um, what I what I've been doing is covering the windows on the north side, and this is kind of embarrassing, with plastic sheeting.
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've done that actually. <laughs>
6: the kind of stuff that you use to seal a sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it's, uh, when, it, when it's done properly, when, you have, when everything goes well and you get a very good installation of this plastic sheeting, uh, it, it does a very good job, and it even cuts down noise.
2: Well, let me tell you a funny story, because I did the very same thing, and then I decided to get insulated curtains and I'm telling you, I love those things. Except the other day when my cat brought in a baby squirrel, and that baby squirrel ran up You're between, in the middle of the curtain, between the insulating part of the curtain and the outside part of the curtain. Little bitty baby squirrel ran right up those curtains, and I had to get my gloves and work him all the way back down. And then when he came out, I had to grab him, throw him out the front door before my cat got him and killed him. But he TT'd inside all my curtains, so now I got a whole other situation but those curtains that was interesting i know i'm sorry that. The, and so, and let me say though those insulated curtains make uh-huh. an enormous difference especially in the winter time because my house is on a anyway it's west and north facing right. so i close those curtains when it's super super cold mm-hmm. and it keeps the room nice and toasty
0: very cool thanks john we appreciate the call david I don't even know what to say, man. We're right here at the end of the show. I'm unable to get you caught. Go ahead and send in an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Uh, we've just been absolutely full today with stuff. And I used I, and
2: all I, David's time telling about my squirrel. Sorry, I still, David.
0: I still have all these questions <laughs> from email. Yeah, We'll get it next week, right? All right, folks, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Charles. For Pam Pibus, I'm Jason Klein, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.